Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today we've got a nuclear revenge getting back at selfish parents. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, teaching my stepdad to mind his business. Being on here and seeing that so many people hated their step-parents is kind of a shocker to me. I lived around people who loved their step-parents and parents and all of that. Like, these people were in happy, functioning families who looked at me weird when I asked if they'd ever disliked their parents or step-parents. Kind of like that scene in Barbie when she asks if anyone ever feels like dying and they all stop to look at her like she was insane. Yeah, sort of like that. But reading this thread makes me feel infinitely better about the fact that I really disliked my mother's husband, enough to even talk about it today. Note that I was really young when all of this happened. I'm 27 with a husband and my first kid on the way, and this happened over a decade ago. From as young as I could remember, my mom went through boyfriends like they were underwear. If you changed your underwear every other week, I didn't care and wasn't involved because my father was still in my life, and they were great co-parents. They never even married as they were just friends who decided to have a kid together. My father's asexual and aromantic and my mom is not. So when she would go on her dates, she would get ready with me in the room and I would help her with jewelry or some parts of her makeup. It's why I was good at putting on falsies at like five. I'm still good at it but I have a job as a makeup artist so I kind of have to be. The point is, I had a happy fulfilled childhood. My parents communicated well, I got two Christmas presents and two birthday presents and two Thanksgiving dinners. Well, one Thanksgiving breakfast and one dinner. My mother had dinner with whoever she was with, and I had dinner with my dad and his family. When I turned 10, my father got a job that took him out to the country to Dubai. He was an engineer and it paid a lot, which meant bigger dollhouses but less time together. After he left, I was usually at home alone a lot. After my mother left for her dates, I would usually spend the time with my dad. But I now have free time and I dedicated it to rescuing sick animals. If you're a parent reading this, I just heard your collective sigh, but I was 10. I loved adventures and there wasn't much else to do but watch TV. I got bored of that sometimes. I tried to hide it from my mother, getting small sick animals like birds, worms, spiders, and a few chickens and nursing them to health. I only nursed to health one bird and a worm that escaped. The rest of them died and I would bury them out back. My mother found out when she was trying to do some gardening in the backyard and plant a few flowers. She came across the bones and a few decayed remains of chickens, a mouse, and I don't remember what the last one was. I came clean about my childish loneliness and she drove us to the pet store and got me a guinea pig with the promise that if I kept it alive, I would get another pet in the future. I named my guinea pig Greg and kept that animal so safe and loved and fed and on my 12th birthday, I got a cute little dachshund that I named Daisy, Daisy the Dachshund. It's important to note the animals because that's what caused the drama between my stepfather and me. A few weeks after my 12th birthday, my mother told me that she would like me to meet a special friend of hers. At this age, I already knew what special friends meant, especially as she had so many. 
but meeting said special friend was a big deal for her and I could tell she was anxious. I helped her get ready and she helped me get ready and we went out to dinner at a really nice restaurant about 30 minutes out of our way. Despite it being so far, we got there 10 minutes before the dinner time and waited an extra hour. This dude showed up at 8.15 reeking of pot. This was my first time meeting him, mind you. My mother was upset and rightfully so, but he blamed it on nerves when meeting me, which I understood. I had been told that I was an angry little child. I wasn't, I just didn't smile a lot. The rest of the dinner wasn't that bad, save for how slow this guy, who I'll call Jeff, was sometimes. Listening to him speak annoyed me, and by the time the date was over, I decided that I didn't like him. Back home, I spoke to my father and he went on a long speech about how my mother deserved someone who could be there for her emotionally and all of that, essentially making me feel guilty about being so hard on Jeff. After the call, I decided that I would give Jeff a second chance. That was my first mistake. I should have just kept on disliking him. Jeff and my mother got married six months later, and as irritating and stupid I found him, my mother seemed to adore him. He worked in construction and was on a three-year contract, so the money was coming in, or it was supposed to. My mother worked as a hospice nurse, so she got paid pretty good too, and she got back home by eight every night. I used to be in charge of dinner since I was eight. It was mostly leftover or packed up food that she had given me instructions on how to heat up or take out. As I got older, I learned to cook simple dinners for us. Apparently, Jeff needed heavier dinners since he worked the way he did. And this man ate like a beast. I'm talking meatloaf, some kind of casserole, and then a lot of whatever he considered dessert, which was almost always chips. He had an unhealthy obsession with chips that I didn't understand. This meant that I had to learn to cook because my mother couldn't leave her job. That was okay. I didn't hate it much besides the fact that I had to cook for Jeff. Contrary to what it might look like, I was actually very civil with Jeff. I spoke to him, joked with him, and sometimes showed him difficult homework. He never helped though. The first thing that Jeff did to annoy me was say that he was allergic to hamsters. I had a guinea pig so I felt like it didn't apply to me until he said it was just fur. It was obviously a lie because he had held Daisy before and he didn't sneeze or react weird. He wasn't itchy or red that week either. I tried to tell my mother but she was too tired for an argument. I decided to move my room to the attic because it had a separate stair that led to the backyard and I could take my animals outside without having fur get on everything in the house. It wasn't that hard figuring that one out. The next thing Jeff did was say that he was allergic to my cooking because he was convinced I added something different. This one pissed me off because I only used the same spices in the house. We hadn't gotten anything new in months because my mother bought big bags of spices and we kept refilling the containers until we ran out. Usually a bag lasted us 7 months to a year, depending on how much we ate at home, which usually wasn't a lot. With Jeff, we were on the last bit of spice refills but nothing new had been gotten. Besides the regular groceries that my mother bought, it seemed like my mom was in on his games because she asked what the solution should be and he said that she needed to be the one cooking for her. Here, my mom got mad and gave him a speech about how she didn't enjoy his attempts to stop her from working, which meant that he had tried before, and she was putting her foot down. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. The weekend was tense, and we left the house to my dad's parents' house, where we ended up staying for nearly two weeks. In this time, my mom worked all day and only got back when it was my bedtime. I thought there was going to be a divorce, and as sad as I was that my mom was sad, I knew that she was better without that man. Until he showed up to the house with a massive bouquet of flowers that was bigger than his face. Everyone found it cute, but I was pissed and he knew it. Jeff knew I didn't like him and was determined to make me annoyed. I don't know what the thought process was behind it, but 12-year-old me had just found her most hated person. They started couples therapy, and I retreated to my room mostly and started spending more time writing, drawing, and with my animals. It wasn't too bad. In 10th grade, I joined the swim team and was the youngest person on the team, 14 going on 16, while everyone else was 16. I felt like I had to do extra to be accepted, even though the girls were perfectly nice to me. Blame it on mean girl high school movies. I invited them to a sleepover, and I begged my mother to cook and bake as much as she could. She saw how important it was to me and picked up a night shift that day, promising to only cook if I let my stepfather supervise. She knew about our ongoing beef. I agreed, and later that night, after my teammates had come, she left. Like normal teenage girls, we giggled and made noise and watched TV. After dinner, the team captain had the brilliant idea to play light as a feather, stiff as a board in our swimsuits to bond us. The smallest girl in the class was the person that we would attempt to raise to the high heavens. Even though I knew it wouldn't work, I still wanted to try. These were people I was trying to impress. Because of his rules. Jeff insisted I didn't close my room all the way so he could walk by and just peep in. My mother agreed because what danger could 15 and 16 year old girls be up to in a locked room? I was allowed to completely shut the door when it was bedtime though. When we played the game, I swear I could feel eyes on me but when I looked outside my slightly open door, there was nobody there. I even saw shadows but I started to feel crazy and decided to focus on my game. The next day, the team captain asked if the house was haunted because she kept seeing shadows through the night. 
and heard the door creak a few times, as well as footsteps on the stairs. It was a violently humid season, and my door was shut, so why was it creaking? And footsteps on the stairs? Come on. I will say that I, to this day, have no idea if what he did was innocent or not, but I was already wary of him, so it didn't help his case. I forgot about it in a few days, however, because I had a hot date. My mom got me ready for the date and I was having sentimental moments while my stepfather walked around loudly and exclaimed how much he hated everything. He embarrassed me by stepping on my laces so I fell in front of my crush, was straight up racist to the kid when my mother went to help me find my tube of lip gloss, considering I was a mixed kid, this didn't make much sense, and called me ripe. I was very angry by the time I left my house, and all I wanted was to run him over with a car. The date was fun after I apologized to my date for my stepdad's behavior. We even ended up being together till I had to go to college. On my way back from the date, I decided that I would teach my stepdad to mind his business by making sure to use all of his tactics on him. I started with the oldest one in the book, his fake fur allergy. Turns out it wasn't completely false as he was allergic to cats. I adopted a kitten without anyone's knowledge and when it was 5 months old, I took my kitten to my mom's bedroom and rubbed him against everything this man owned. I didn't know if it would work, but I put just enough catnip in the pockets of his jackets and on his side of the bed to get my boy Craig the cat comfortable enough. Jeff had a rash everywhere. It was so bad that he had to stay home for a week. I had a swim team meet holding that same week, and my mother was facing her busiest work week ever. She also didn't believe him because he had done this before. After that was over, I allowed a month or so of peace and then my 16th birthday in 11th grade rolled around. I wanted to have a party and Jeff refused. So I was supposed to resign to dinner with family. I pretended to agree and offered to order the pizza for dinner. Jeff was allergic to mushrooms. Not super deathly, but it also depended on how much he ingested. He was also super greedy because we were on the second box when he started clutching his stomach in pain. My birthday was the very next day, and with my mother being sick of Jeff's dramatics and her work, she gave me the go-ahead to throw my party, and it was the best party I ever had. I won the Party of the Year award in school, too. Things had started to seem rocky, and my mother sent me to my father's abroad for Christmas. I ended up staying there until two weeks into my school's resumption, and when I got back, I was told that my mother was trying for kids with Jeff. Now, I didn't want this at all. Not just one, but two of him in the same house as me? I was so against it that I told my friends and boyfriend. They all agreed to help figure something out. It didn't take long because Jeff gave us an opportunity. Just two weeks after, he had been drunk in a pub and flirting with some ladies. My boyfriend, whose dad was the mayor, was there with a fake ID and his older brother. He gave one of the women some cash to be very loud and crass with Jeff and encourage him to embarrass himself. Jeff was not one to say no to such an opportunity, and soon, there were videos and pictures all over the internet of him doing all of this. I let the issues marinate in my household. There was complete silence between them for days. And then, once I heard my mom talking on the phone and telling my dad about how she regrets marrying such a buffoon, my father tried talking to her to calm down and talk things out, but my mother was heated and angry and just wanted things to end. A week later, Jeff looked skinny. Not because there was no food, I made sure dinner was available. 
but because my mother was a very passive-aggressive person, and when she was mad at you, you felt it. When I decided that I'd gotten enough of the drama, I spoke up to my mother about the night of the sleepover and how my friends were all uncomfortable. It was the only thing I was truly honest about at first, but my mother had a way of bringing out the truth for me, and before long, I had told her about the whole plan. I expected a lot of scolding and to be sent away, maybe to live with my dad permanently, but she only apologized and told me that if I had to go to such lengths to get her to see who my stepdad was, then maybe she wasn't as good a mom. She was and is the best mother, and after we got over that time together, she filed for divorce. The trial lasted a while because Jeff's family was troublesome, but after my mother threatened to expose him as a predator, they straightened up. The settlement for it paid for a week to Disneyland and six months of my tiny apartment when I expressed not wanting to stay in the dorms in college. My mother went back to serial dating again until she found this one guy that was so obsessed with her and they got into this super weird open relationship. He was older and a former French model who had a lot of money and bankrolled me like crazy just to impress her. So the crazy relationship makes sense. My dad is the same sweet guy and now lives with my mom and her boyfriend after he left his workplace. Their house is massive and he makes pottery in the basement, or in one of them, anyway. Jeff turned out to be more than a creep and is serving jail time for assault of a minor, his new girlfriend's daughter. In the end, he deserved everything I did to him. So considering what Jeff ended up going to jail for in the end, I wonder if the mom looks back at this and just lives with a regret in the back of their mind. I mean, the fact that they had allowed this person to stay in the same home for that long and kind of prey upon their own kid? How do you move past that once you realize you were so blind to it? This next story is getting back at my selfish parents. Hey Reddit, what's good? So I've been reading a lot about terrible familial situations and things of the sort. It's been quite a roller coaster of emotions reading these things and knowing that I also went through them. Some of them read like Netflix movie scripts, but unfortunately it's real life and these are all real things that have been happening to real people and I'm glad there's a form to figure it out together. I'll begin mine here and tell you all the story of how I got back at both of my very selfish, very weird parents after all of the years of madness. That's all I can call it. First, some backstory. I was born to black parents. From what I hear from other people and my older siblings who knew them for about 10 years before I came along, they were great people. I really wish I got to experience that side of them. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. But something told me that I would never because of how much they had changed. As a kid, you're raised with certain values and lessons and all of that, or at least you're supposed to be. Barely any of that was instilled in us. My parents were lazy people who didn't care for their kids. Both of my older siblings were born exactly a year after each other. They're basically twins as they also share the same birthday. The stress of having two really big babies back to back got to my mom and she had to take a break from having kids for a while. 
She was great to them, and they always talked of her childhood fondly, but I learned that when they turned 5 and 6, she had postnatal depression and stopped taking care of her kids. I don't know how much time it takes to have postnatal depression, but 6 years always seemed like a really long time for it to develop. I, however, don't like to ask too many questions, especially since I'm a man and will not go through a lot of these things, so I wouldn't want to invalidate anyone's experience. To deal with her depression, my mother turned to drinking and my father followed swiftly behind her, leaving their very young kids alone. A helpful neighbor noticed and called my grandparents instead of child services, and they came over and bundled them away. There was a small fight, but knowing my parents, I was sure it wasn't more than exchanging words, so it would seem like they cared. My older siblings were to stay at my grandparents' farmhouse with them, and that was the arrangement for four more years until I was born. Well, three, because they died in a car crash. After the funeral, my parents took their kids home and decided to actually be parents. They were good for a few months, and as if to seal the agreement, became pregnant with me. I was still warm from the oven when my mother managed to escape the hospital with the help of my father and head to the place where they could drink and do drugs. Seriously, I was only a few hours old. When they wandered back, the hospital did a few investigations of how fit they were to be parents. As if the universe was on their side, the helpful neighbor who had been babysitting my siblings brought them in, well fed, clean, and put together, far from how my parents left them. It created a facade of trust, and they were discharged to go home. My older brother and older sister raised me. He was 10 and she was 9, but they were better parents than I could ever ask for. The neighbor helped teach them to cook simple breakfast foods with what we had in the kitchen, to change a diaper and care for a newborn, and basic life things, things my parents failed to do. Let me mention that both their parents were stinking rich. Although my mother's parents lived out of town and my dad's had died in the crash, But they came from privileged families, and I don't understand how they turned out the way they did. When I was four, things had started to get out of hand. They were never home, left us with the neighbor all the time, and after some time, stopped buying groceries for us. The neighbor was set to move abroad to live with her daughter, who had just given birth and she couldn't take care of us any longer. Out of worry, she called CPS. I don't know how my parents were still allowed to have us, but they were, and as if we hadn't suffered enough, they were pregnant again. Between the time my baby sister was born and when she turned two, they did regular parent things. Made sure there was food, had their kids do everything and beat us up when we did what children were supposed to do, like make mistakes and want new clothes. Edit, I realize that no children are supposed to be treated this way, so forgive my crass jokes. My older siblings were used to it. They weren't new to the rodeo and knew how to get out of things without getting hurt. At 15 and 16, they were basically adults. They were in the same class and supposed to graduate a year early because of how smart they were. All they wanted to do was get out of there and I honestly couldn't blame them. We lived with complete weirdos. While they prepared to leave, I was being lectured on how to survive with parents like ours. Our little sister hadn't started to speak yet and after some evaluation at her school, It was discovered that because of her parents' extended substance abuse before they knew they were pregnant with her, she had developmental issues. At two, she hadn't started to make any sounds and only responded to me or my older sister calling her. She didn't walk until she was nearing three, and because of that, the older brother decided to stay back two more years. He got a job at a local fast food joint and also did odd jobs on the weekends. 
carrying me along and promising to split the profit with me when he knew I could handle it. He was 18 and I was 8 when he finally went off to college. Thoughtful as he was, he kept my share of the money we had worked for, which was about $5,000. A lot of money for a kid to be wielding, but he instructed me on how to spend it, and I knew better than that to freak it up. Our parents continued to be useless, and I was left in charge of my little sister, who refused to interact with anyone but me, which meant that she followed me to school and everywhere else that I went. I was a tall, gangly 8-year-old, so I already looked much taller than my age, and somehow that made it easier for me. We managed to make it home till I turned 10, and then my father drunkenly laid his hands on my little sister when she refused to speak to him, forgetting that she was non-verbal. He beat her up until she was swollen and bruised all over. Thankfully, for him, not breaking anything bad enough for a hospital trip. Our mother just shrugged and said the little girl deserved it, and I was so angry. It was then I stopped blaming siblings for leaving us, because I'd been secretly doing that. I obviously wasn't college age and couldn't run away to see my siblings because they were several states across. So I did the best thing I could. Packed a duffel bag with our sparse belongings, some things that belonged to my older siblings, and all of our money. I dragged my 8 year old sister and we ran away from home. Now, I know you're expecting this to go a particular way. Maybe that we were looked for and my revenge was to give my parents a hard time until they apologized. But I'm sorry to disappoint. They never looked for us. My little sister and I stayed together in that orphanage until I turned 19. By the time I'd figured out how to open a bank account and got a job too, so I could save up our miniature fortune and get us a safe place to live and my little sister a job that she could do as someone who didn't speak a lot, by now my older siblings had their own families and I was left to care for my sister. I didn't want to disturb them in their own homes because they'd done so much for us. And a random kind-hearted stranger had paid for my full tuition at a community college where I studied finance and accounting. My graduation held on my 21st birthday, and I got a call from the same lady who had called to tell me about my tuition being paid for by this random kind stranger, calling again to tell me that he needed to see me. Now this is where the movie type things start happening. He was my paternal grandparents lawyer, who had been ordered to keep their will after they died. They knew their kid and his wife, and decided to keep some money aside for the kids. We were supposed to have access to it when the first child, my older brother, turned 25. However, the minute my brother spoke to him, he didn't hear what he had to say and hung up the call. My sister did the same thing, and although he'd been trying so hard to get to them, he couldn't because they wanted nothing to do with him or the drama he brought. He only knew of my older siblings as my grandparents died before I was born. When he found out about me, he made sure my little sister and I were well fed and clothed in the orphanage looking at me, thinking it was just my charm. To cut the story short, there wasn't a billion dollars type fortune, but there was a house they bought way before they had my father, a small beach cottage, and a lot more money than I'd seen in my entire life. I called my older siblings that night to tell them. My sister didn't pick up, and after I'd mentioned the lawyer's name, he sighed and said he wanted no parts. This was too convenient, but who was I to say no? The moment my little sister and I moved to the three-bedroom house, our parents showed up. They looked haggard but were in clothes I recognized as their Sunday best, and they had come to see their own kids. It was funny as heck watching them gush over how big we'd gotten and how they missed us. 
but it was also annoying because who did they think they were to just show up like that? I expressed how I felt about it, and while my father got angry and called me ungrateful, my mother shut him up and apologized. It was a desperate apology, but it made me shut up long enough to hear them out. As usual, they started with a eulogy of how much they'd missed us and how they were worried sick and nearly killed themselves from guilt until the nice lady informed them of where we were. They also said that they knew we would have a better life without them. I was getting sentimental, asking all these questions and struggling not to cry, but my little sister had a blank stare on her face the whole time. When my mother tried to touch her hair, she screamed and ran to stand behind me. I tried to explain that she didn't like to be touched, but before I could, both parents called her the R-slur. Now, there weren't that many things they could have done to make me mad. I'd have missed my parents too, albeit not knowing them to be good people. It's a super normal thing to miss and want what you don't have. But calling my little sister the R-slur was where I drew the line. I started to get mad, but my sister tightened her hold on my shirt as if holding me back. I stood down and they apologized again, this time for leaving me with a stupid child. The stupid child in question was my baby sister. All of a sudden, it made sense why my older siblings preferred to live on their own and far away from this mess. But that was the difference with us. Where they just wanted peace, I wanted to wreak havoc. I had a house that I didn't need to pay for and enough money to last me at least three years if I decided not to work and spend semi-irresponsibly sitting in my bank account. I could afford to be a jerk. There was no plan in the beginning, just to be a jerk and speak to them as rudely as I could and then kick them out. But they went on a long speech on how they'd recently had their house taken from them and sold their cars to survive. In fact, they used their last couple dollars to get to us because they knew their kids would help. I promised to think it over at night while I slept, but that night my sister and I made a few plans among which were to frustrate them until they decided to go back to whatever heck hole they came from. On the third day of them living in the only empty room, they had started to demand things like an allowance and shopping for new clothes. I said I had no money and I could see my father start to get mad. My mother calmed him down and pulled me to the corner to talk. That night, I threw a party with my community college friends after they'd gone to bed. It was like 10 people, but the music was so loud that it woke them. We all pretended not to hear anything until they were forced to get back to bed. You wouldn't believe that these people decided to call a meeting and talk to my little sister about conduct. I couldn't believe my ears. These drug-dealing, terrible excuses for parents were trying to tell us what to do? I was so mad I stormed out, but I decided what I wanted. Now, my entire plan for revenge was to get them out of my place in the most embarrassing way possible. Maybe even have it televised on the news. But I also had to worry about my job. My grandparents' lawyer had a guy in finance, and he agreed to let me work there as a paid intern. So I was out nearly all the time, and much to my chagrin, had to leave my sister with our deadbeat parents. I made sure to ask her every single day if they had been jerks, and usually the answer was no. Till I came back early from work and walked into both of them tearing my sister apart for not wanting to speak to them. I walked directly into a slapping scene and I got so mad. Back in the orphanage, I'd made some friends with a few people I met underground, mostly through doing things and being in places I shouldn't have, but the point was that they owed me. After we spoke, 
They knew just what I was asking and knew my story, so they were no more than happy to make sure my parents got a taste of their own medicine. If you haven't already been put off by the random violence in this story, then you can keep reading. If not, please don't read the rest of this. If you're prone to judgment, you can stop reading here too. I had my special friends pick up my parents and keep them for a few days with some light torture on the side. Don't worry, they weren't starved. They just lived for a week in similar conditions that they kept my siblings and I as children, complete with rotting food in the fridge, light and water bills unpaid and no one to help. When they were finally out, they came back to the house to try to use sympathy and apologize, saying they learned their lessons but my sister and I had agreed to file for emancipation from them. A fancy way of saying we were disowning our parents. They didn't deserve to have children at all. It was very hard on me because I still felt really bad, but getting called by my older siblings and hearing that they wished they had done the same before going on to have their own families made my heart swell with pride. Maybe I didn't do the wrong thing after all. I'm 27 now and my little sister is 23. I went back to school to learn to fix cars because it was interesting, and now I do an array of different things. Some would even call me an entrepreneur. My sister's been studying to be a speech therapist, and I am so proud of her. All I'll say is, if you plan to be a crap parent, don't have kids. It's much easier to be a bad person without them weighing you down. I don't know if I ever want to have children, but if I do decide to, I will be getting extensive therapy and reading as many self-help books as I need to in order to be the best parent I possibly can. So I'm not discrediting anything OP or their siblings went through, but I don't think OP can validate what they did to their parents regardless. I think probably should have just kicked them out, disassociated with them. I mean, when you have to go to the lengths of trying to describe it as light torture, I think you've probably gone too far. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another crazy nuclear revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.